G'day Raiders family, Berkey here and welcome to an albeit pretty late post-match top 10 review versus our Eels game from last Saturday in Darwin. Nonetheless, I hope it's no more or less impactful with exactly, in my view, um, what went down in that game that was not to our uh, benefit, obviously. Um, so look, before I get into the top 10, I, I really hope this is not a game that will bite us on the bum at the back end of the year. Uh, I'll cover a little bit further on the top 10 about our run home, but this was certainly one game I thought we'd have in the bank for sure, not playing at Bank West to start with, and I thought we certainly had the cattle on paper to do a fairly comfortable job on Parramatta, but it wasn't to be. Um, so look, let's get into the top 10, shall we? Uh, the first one I've got is win ugly, lose ugly. Sometimes you can win games and not play well, um, which on the surface may hide some more heavily underlying factors around how we're going beneath the surface. Look, I'm always a glass half full guy and I always would prefer to win ugly. Sometimes, however, losing and losing ugly can give you far more impact as an individual as to where you're at and most importantly as a side where you're at and things that you need to work on. It was pretty much laid bare Saturday night, some issues we do have which had we won, not playing well, may not have bubbled to the surface like they have post-Saturday night's game. So we've got a lot to work on. Uh, I still think this loss will be uh, a benefit to us towards the back end of the year. Um, but there are certainly areas and circumstances now where we really need to lift our bar if we want to compete with the top two, the Storm and the Roosters. I think Souths are a little, bit of, a little bit of turmoil. I don't think they're going as well as a lot of people think they are. Um, but yeah, a loss like that, I think, can certainly bring things out to the forefront really quickly and really honestly over the next couple of weeks. And I think when we come back against St George, we're going to see a different side. Number two, I've gone for Nickel Clockstat. A super, 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 super game from him again. What I found most refreshing from his game this week, or last weekend, is he's starting to um, branch his attack out. He's not concentrating as much around the middle. Sure, he's run from dummy half. He took a couple of sets, first and third tackle on the weekend. But you saw in his try when he came off Jack, he's starting to get a little bit wider and really asking some lazy edge defenders some really good questions with his speed off the mark, his goose step and his footwork. Um, so this is really a positive for us Raiders fans. If he can swing his attack around to start to hit the edges more once Nick Cotterick comes back, which I'll talk about shortly, um, on that right edge, I think we can really explore some of the things that Shans can bring to our attack a lot more and all for the positive, but a fantastic game for me once again. Number three, I called it foot on the throat. I just felt at 16-0, one more score may have just put the eels away for the night, and I think we just needed someone just to really smell that blood in the water. It seemed like at 16-0 we never had that intent or passion we made a couple of errors, um, our confidence seemed to sag, and before we knew it, it was 16-12 at half time. We just needed that one or two minutes after getting ahead 16-0 to really try and ram home a stake in the heart, and we didn't really take advantage of that. Once again, as I said in my point one, it's that sort of ugly loss type of thing where you can really look at circumstances, how games are unfolding, and work on parts of the field or individuals or certain plays where you can try and get a score or really play a really tight field position um, to keep a side hemmed in and sweat on another mistake. 
We've seen the 16-0. As I said, we made a couple of crucial errors in those couple of sets of six after we got to that scoreboard, and that really put us on the back foot again all of a sudden. Uh, but just a learning curve that we need to... Next game we get into this, that situation, we need to really learn from our mistake and put our foot on the throat, so to speak. Number four, I've gone Jack. Rocks and Diamonds game on the weekend. Five or six really crucial errors that were there for everyone to see. You can't question his passion and his intent and his attitude when he's playing. His kick chases were great, but those handling errors were just, whoa. I mean, and you can sort of see now why Brad Fittler wanted his Origin reps playing as soon as possible after Origin, because that mindset may have lagged into Origin 3. Um, in some ways you've got to forgive Jack, he hasn't been in that Origin arena before where you do come back a little bit here and there. Um, but it was certainly one game where he would want to put in a draw, throw away the key and not look back on again. Uh, but once again, it's a learning curve for him. I don't expect him to play that badly again. As I said, his attitude, his determination with attack, sorry, uh, with defence, his attitude thing, and his attitude's great. It's just his attitude was very, very lazy when it came to some pretty simplistic fundamentals of catching ball, picking it up from dummy half, and those types of things. Uh, but once, as I said, I don't think you'll see that from Jack again this year. Uh, number five, I've gone for errors. As I said in my top 10 last week, I think it was number 10. Errors will kill us, particularly in that heat in Townsville. The errors will kill us, and they did. Once again, I'll come back to my first point, lose ugly. We've got to learn from those areas where we just made simplistic under seven mistakes, not holding the ball in two hands, bad passes from dummy half, passes over the sideline, all those types of things were just dreadful. Uh, but once again, we just can't afford, we don't have... At the moment, I don't think we have that um, that that steel, consistent steel. We're getting it, but that consistent steel where we can get our way out of errors in our own half. Um, the Roosters and the Storms seem to be able to hold on if they make an error in their own half. We're just a little bit below that in trying to recover from errors we make close to our line. The heat factor at number six. To me, it's nothing more than an excuse. Um, I read a number of form, forums blaming the heat. Yes, yeah, sure. It was a lot hotter than what we're used to. But if you look at Parramatta, I think Canberra in winters, you know, minus one to 14 through the day and probably at Parramatta Western Suburbs, not living in Sydney, might be five at night to 17, 18 through the day. Not a lot of difference in heat. Uh, if Parramatta were coming from Dubai to Darwin, yeah, they've got an advantage. But I think we're pretty much of a bunches. I think using the heat factor in this day and age as an A-grade team is nothing more than an excuse. Um, so we don't, we don't need to dwell on that. Uh, we're bigger men than that, but we just can't keep using these excuses of external factors when we didn't play well enough. Certainly Parramatta could have used the same excuse if they were down 16-0, that it's too hot to recover, we're going to lose, and their own mindset could have melted away with the heat, but they stuck out their game plan where we didn't. Um, and the, the heat factor for me is nothing more than an excuse. Number seven, I've gone for Bailey Simonson. I thought his game was terrific, getting the ball out of trouble. He had a lot more runs. Um, he took on the defensive line really, really well. He's got terrific footwork close to the line, so you don't get a big hit on him. The only downside to his game was the Ferguson try, in my opinion, where he should have absolutely smashed Ferguson over the try line. What he had done, though, he got himself too far into the Parramatta line. So when Ferguson stepped him, he was nearly in line with him already. He should have been back 
face to face with him and herded him to the sideline. A bit of inexperience, Ferguson used his right foot step to come inside and Bailey was left grasping. It was, a, it was an error he won't do again. It did cost us certainly because there was enough defenders over there to put Ferguson in the sideline, but Bailey just got too far into the Parramatta line. So he just got to learn to back off, spread his arms and hold his line and then smash them into touch. A lesson learned. Uh, number eight, I've gone for Nick Kotrick. Now you could really see on the weekend we never really tried to attack to that right edge as much. We were all really trying to use our left edge and attack a lot more. Um, but I think with Nick back, with Elliot inside him or John Bateman inside him, it's just going to add a fair bit of volume to the way we play. Um, you can tell how much of an impact Nick now is in our attack. Sebastian Chris did a very solid job, don't get me wrong, uh, but Parramatta played him very well. They, would, they were waiting for uh, Aiden to pass to him and then they'd heard Sebastian Chris and Bateman towards the sideline. Uh, we didn't have a lot of variety on that right edge in attack, uh, which is where the CNK impact is going to be really critical when Nick comes back. You get a Kotrick, uh, Nickel Pockstack, Quinella coming at you constantly in attack. It's going to ask a lot of defences which way they're going to go. So we do miss Nick right now just with his body presence, his light footwork and just his offloads to really force a defensive line to second guess which way they're going to go. Um, number nine, I've gone for change angles. It's a very simple playing rugby league on those types of services that you change the angles of your runners so the defence is slipping and sliding all over the place. Parramatta did a lot of it. You look at the Manu Ma'u try where he'd come back inside and beat Horsberg and Caesar. Um, they were really changing their angles a hell of a lot and we were a little bit slippy and sliding. We didn't seem to do that enough around the ruck area. It was still very much straight, straight, straight where Parramatta really changed the angles really nicely and our defence was sort of backpedalling a bit and we weren't able to get off our line quick enough with the way they were moving the ball. Just a thing I think we might need to consider with some of these night games coming up, particularly in Canberra, where we just really need to change those angles up around the rucks to keep the defence guessing. Number 10 I've gone for on the horizon. As I said at the start, the Eels game should have been one we banked now we come out of the bye to the, um, to the Dragons and the Tigers, and then over the next five weeks after that we have Roosters, Storm, Penrith, Manly, Cronulla. That's five sides that are in or around the top eight. We've got a really, really tough run home after those two weeks with the Tigers and the Dragons. In between those last few games, we've got the Warriors twice, and one game for the Warriors is the last game um, is away in Auckland. So it is not an easy run. By any stretch of the imagination, we need to get some wins in the bank and get some breathing space now between us and the bottom part of the eight. Uh, because with some of those games, they are 50-50 at best for us. I'm thinking we can get the Storm, we can get the, um, the Dragons and the Tigers definitely. I think we can get the Warriors twice, but the Auckland game's always hard. But those other sides are going to be a real battle of our resilience, a real, um, a battle of our resilience to get those two points in our bank account. Uh, so it's a really, really um, tricky run over the next couple of months, Raiders fans. Guys, that's it for now. Um, once again, apologies for, for this top 10 being a little bit late. I've been away with work, but I'm back in full voice now. Uh, enjoy the weekend off, guys. I might try and schedule a top 10 over the weekend, just have a bit of a chat. But I'll let you know through my Facebook page exactly when that will be on. Uh, you can hook me up on uh, my YouTube channel now, which is Berkey's Top 10. 
all the podcasts are available to listen while you're on the train or on your way to work or in your morning gym session or walk. Um, and as always, guys, bleed green. And this is Berkey Alps.